Welcome to the Party Trick Podcast, where we inspire and empower you to elevate every day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Party Trick Podcast. My name is Cassidy Sarisa, and I am the head of parties at Party Trick. We are kicking off our very first episode with founder and CEO, Virginia Frischkorn, and we are so excited to be bringing you this new show. Cassidy, thank you so much. I am so beyond excited to get this podcast out there, to get Party Trick in the hands of everyone. This is like such an exciting time. I was just saying to my husband the other night that Party Trick has been in your mind for so long and you're finally getting to see people experience it and the joy that that's bringing you makes me so happy. I think there's truly like nothing better than having an amazing experience. Like I look back at the experiences I had as a young child, those I'm creating for my kids. That's what you remember. It's not the stuff. It's like the memories and the shared experiences and being able to share how to create these amazing experiences. Like it's the most rewarding thing ever. I totally agree. The So I mentioned this has been in Virginia's mind for a really long time. We are building this startup in real time, clearly out of our love of hosting, <laughs> but we want to give others the tools and empowerment to do the same. So what you can expect on this podcast is conversations with event industry experts like Virginia, but so many of her connections and friends, founders of brands in the hosting and lifestyle space. Virginia recorded an episode with her kids, so they're going to be a part of the show. We're going to share our own personal hosting hacks and tips, party fails, and more. Virginia comes from the luxury and ultra-luxury event world, so she has a lot to teach us, and I'm excited to pull that right out of her brain on this show. There are going to be some hilarious party fails, some crazy, crazy over-the-top stories, but again, it all comes down to, like, what is this all about? It's about having fun with our friends and why why we're doing it. And again, whether it's you're throwing some massive milestone event or Taco Tuesday, or like you mentioned, I talked to my kids about what goes into the perfect sleepover. Hearing it from them is so different than as a mom or as like a planner trying to assume what someone wants, right? You like have to actually ask and go get those questions. It's It's fun. It's amazing. So for our very first episode, we wanted to take some time to introduce ourselves and share a little bit more about why we love hosting, share a little bit more about why we love hosting parties, along with some of our favorite party tricks, as well as a little bit of insight as to what it's been like to build a startup from scratch so far. What a journey. (laughs) So V, for those who don't know you, I want you to share a little bit more about how you got to this point. You have been a luxury events planner and entrepreneur for over 10 years at this point. Did you always know that you wanted to be an event planner? How did you become one? Like, where did this all begin? Goodness knows. And it's quite a long story. But the shortest version of a long story is my earliest memories were at these amazing parties that my parents would throw. My father was an entrepreneur. He had a large company on the East Coast that was in kind of like heavy highway construction and this bigger industry, very unsexy, unglamorous, not like fun parties, but he threw these great events. And so I was that shy, I'm a middle child, and I'd hide behind my mom's skirt and just watch everything go on and got really interested in like, what are the pieces of the puzzle? How does, how do you create this experience? My sister would be out there performing because she's like a phenomenal singer and performer and actress. My brother would, he was another star as well. And I would just sit and observe and watch and watch and watch and watch. So this just came second nature of what goes into creating these experiences. Fast forward, passed through high school, passed through college, 
And I thought I was going to move to New York, work in the art world. One of my majors was art history, but do something in kind of the events and development world because that was, I don't know, just what I thought I was going to do. Anyhow, I ended up in Aspen, fell in love being there, then fell in love and got married, but started working in the event space in Aspen, which is one of the most amazing places to be around events because they're some of the coolest and like most elaborate in the world, candidly. And this was like 2008. So it's been a while. Like Mm. it's definitely been a minute. (laughs) And I learned so much about like what goes into a different type of event than the ones that we saw. So these special events, these milestone events, these over the top, crazy, crazy weddings. I saw it firsthand on the event side at a hotel. So at the Little Nell, that was my kind of first career straight out of college post my little ski bomb experience. (laughs) Understanding the operational side and that very luxury hospitality side that when you work in a five star five diamond property, you just have to learn. That served as the most amazing foundation from which I was able to launch my company, Bluebird Productions, and then Something Blue and Aspen Picnic Company. It gave me that foundation of that luxury hospitality as well as operations that are so important. You can design a beautiful event, but if you can't actually pull it off, mm. it's not that successful and your people aren't going to have a great time. So that is, again, the short version of a very long story of why parties, why events, and how I, I fell into this world, which has now shifted entirely again. And now we get to bring it to the masses. Yeah. So tell me about that, because you had a really successful career in events in Aspen, planning million dollar birthday parties, super luxury experiences, which I'm sure... Like, I'm tired even thinking about it, but I want to know specifically what made you decide to pivot and then build Party Trick. Here we are. Well, I've been thinking about this for years. And when I started Bluebird, we did all different types of events. We quickly shifted into the luxury space. And then I think having children, so I have a Mm. six-year-old and an eight-year-old, was really pivotal in thinking, how do I want to spend my time with them? What do I want my legacy? What do I want them to see? What sort of a model do I want to set? And so I love... I love luxury and I love the luxury space and I love letting them see these little glimmers of that. But in 2020, everything shifted and it really caused as I mean, like you couldn't host, you couldn't gather, people couldn't get together at all. And the benefit of that was I had so much time with my kids in the most amazing way. And it really allowed me to reevaluate what I wanted to build, what I wanted the impact to be. And like, it was great to have my son as like a little one run around these like million dollar tent build outs. But at the same point, I loved being home with him on Sunday morning or on a Tuesday and creating something that was could impact them and also was a little bit more realistic. And it brought back of like when COVID, you're having these great little like movie nights or make breakfast even more fun because we had the time to do so. The twist in the story comes here, which is basically in August of 2020, my father passed. And very unexpectedly, I spoke with him. Everything was fine. He went to bed and didn't wake up. Wow. And... It was one of the most jolting experiences of my life. At this point, I'd gone through a yucky divorce. I like lost my business with COVID because you couldn't do anything. Yeah. And then I lose like and then I lost my mentor, my dad. And it allowed me to think, okay, what do I want to do? My dad taught us all the importance of community, the importance of giving back, the importance of these shared experiences. Again. It doesn't matter what the car is, what the jewelry is, whatever the superficial material item, those experiences are what matters. So I had been working on this like little project about how to teach people how to do what we did. Mm. And from there, I don't know, I have this problem where it's like a train that's once it's on the tracks and it's going, going, going. (laughs) And so I think a lot of this was in memory of my dad and creating these experiences that he did and knew and 
We grew up around, but so many people didn't. And we need this. People need to be around each other. They need to be inspired. They need to be empowered. And it's not just for those that come to Aspen on their private jet and can afford to have my company or some other companies like ours produce these events for them. The day-to-day matters most. And so he really, having this moment to really reevaluate caused me to kind of shut down everything else I was doing mm-hmm. and focus on something I wanted to have a much larger impact to give back to the world by creating community and create, fostering these connections. So yeah. very pivotal moment that really launched this off. Well, I think so many people can relate to that. COVID changed everything. It was the ultimate pattern disrupt, but it also taught us how to learn to live without. We didn't have our usual routines where we would get our coffee and go get our nails done on like a superficial level, but also we were alone for a very long time and we learned how that impacts us and what that does to us. And so everybody's craving connection. And then the other thing that I think about, too, is people who know you in your real life are probably always, hey, Virginia, I'm throwing a birthday party for my kid. Hey, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. What would you recommend for this? And you are probably constantly like to everyone in your personal life doing what you were doing with your paid clients and wanting this way to take what's in your brain and share it with other people so that they can feel empowered to do the same and elevate the everyday. Oh, completely. I mean, again, it's all about elevating the everyday. And I do. I get those calls from all my friends. Even with a simple, well, how do I structure my space? How do I lay out, like, mm-hmm. I'm having friends over for a barbecue. I'm having friends over for a 40th birthday or I'm doing this for my kid. What do you suggest? I think we all find ourselves spiraling and spending so much time on Pinterest or Instagram or whatever. And either, A, you get too many ideas, but you don't know how to curate them. Or, like, there's almost decision paralysis because there's so many things out there that you don't do it. So having someone or now a, a resource like us with Party Trick it allows you to like curate and create something amazing. And it was, again, what I was doing naturally. So now it's just broadcasting it and making it so accessible. Like mm. my goal is we want accessibility for all. Everyone to have these great memorable experiences, not have it be this like luxury item. Right. And again, right. friends are lucky they could call on me, but not everyone's going to be able to A, afford a planner or B, have a planner who is a friend who could they can just call on. But now you have party trick. You can say, hey, go check it out. Like totally (laughs) less energy on your side. But also I feel like we're building party trick for the people who are opposite of us because you and I are so similar. We love to make things happen. We love to get creative and bring something together and execute a really beautiful gathering. But to some, the idea of that is like so daunting to think about cooking and cleaning and when do I do this? And it's like so much work that they just don't even want to do it. Oh, I mean, I can tell you my stepmom, like my mom learned how to host very well, but I mean, it takes her hours and way more complicated than it needs to be. Like this doesn't need to be complicated. This is fun. Mm. This is not brain surgery, but it becomes so confusing to people sometimes because it is, it's like there, there's too much that they'd rather go to the dentist. They'd rather go get surgery than throw a baby shower. Like the idea <laughs> is make it so simple that you can do it in your sleep. You know, you're going to look good because it's going to aesthetically look good. And you know that you're going to be calm and relaxed going into it. And our goal is, again, Like even having done this professionally for now, like 18 years, I can tell you the amount of hours that that goes into like just thinking about one of my kids' birthday parties is excessive. Party Mm. trick like simplifies. I had someone ask me recently, how long do you think this saves you when you use party trick? Oh, yeah. How much? It was a great question. Well, I said for a kid's birthday party, 20 to 40 hours. Yeah. He's like, no way. And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I used it for a date night the other night and I think it probably saved me five to seven I was like, well, yeah, I think it depends on the experience, but like that's five to seven hours. That's an amazing time saving. Yeah. Like, no, we want to easy, save yourself time and like make you look good. Everyone wants to look good. Well, it reminds me of, this is just maybe me speaking from my own personal experience, but anytime I get my house cleaned, 
and I come home right after someone, like I've paid someone to come in and clean my house, I am peak mental state, peak mental health. I am so happy and I am so thankful that I invested that into something that's going to make me feel so calm in my brain, like just the way that it transcends into your life and the time and energy that I have saved by not having to scrub my toilet myself is just (laughs) incredible. And it's kind of the same thing where, yeah, I want this, but I don't want to do it myself. So where can I get it done for me? And in this case, party trick, like you've been saying, is everything in a box, the linens, the decor, like every single thing that you possibly need. We've got it sourced. Oh, completely. And it's really, it's about making it so, so simple to save that time. Again, like if you would pay for a housekeeper to come clean your house, this is just like having a planner there, but not even there because you're not going to hire someone for a dinner party or most people are. The idea with this is it's going to save you that time and you're going to feel so much more relaxed and give you that peace of mind similar to having a housekeeper over that you've got someone like who has your back. It's like a planner in your back pocket, making it so simple um when you so you can actually enjoy because again a lot of people even if it's the idea of like planning is fearful hosting and actually having people over they can't enjoy Mm -hmm. and if a host i used to talk to my clients about this like if a bride wants her wedding to be this massive party but she doesn't actually want to be on the dance floor no one's gonna be on the dance floor it doesn't matter how good the band is Mm -hmm. right people follow the cues of whomever the leader is so if the person hosting a gathering whether it's literally a pizza party or a fancy dinner party, whatever it might be, if they're relaxed, if they're chill and they feel confident, your guests are going to have a great time. They're not going to remember that like something got burned or that maybe like you put the fork on the right side instead of the left side of the plate. No one really pays attention to that level of detail. They remember how they feel. It's all about how you feel, right? It's They don't remember those little details, but they remember how they feel when they walk away. Well, and we're thinking about the things that others don't consider, which, for example, if you have a party, you have a dinner party, you have friends over and you have all these specialty cocktails and you're so excited for people to experience your bar. Do you have a bartender or are you the bartender? Because most oftentimes the host is the bartender. So we have tips inside of our party tricks that are like, hey, here's how you set up a do-it-yourself bar so you're not stuck bartending all night. We think of the things that make it possible for you to enjoy a chill evening. And that's just a party. This isn't just parties. This is every day. This is having a couple over for dinner, just a couple on a weeknight. Well, even as a planner, like I definitely procrastinate. And I have, I was that kid in college who basically didn't study and cram the night before. I'd wake up at 3 a.m. and cram the morning before. (laughs) And it's funny because there's so many things in my life I love doing way far in advance. But even when I host, I do wait until the last minute for certain things. And with one of my, like my favorite feature is the time notifications. And mm. I mean, I, we designed this based off of what I was doing as a professional planner, where I would go in and set alarms, label them on my phone. Mm-hmm. And so basically what I would do with this is it allows me to make sure you go into the event, set up for success. It allows me to basically at this point set myself up for success because I'm not going to be taking out the garbage and running around and run out of time and not shower before friends come over. Mm. Like if you think about as a host, you want to go into it relaxed. And if you're so far behind, you're not relaxed. So if we set these reminders for you, and so this feature that we have at Party Trick starts reminding you that morning of what you can do early so you don't feel stressed going into it. So you can Mm -hmm. actually, yes, here's how to set up the bar. Here's how to set the table. Here's what you can do. Here's the music. But it even keeps you on track so you don't go into it realizing, oh, crap, I forgot something. Or, oh, I didn't have time to shower. I didn't have time to put on makeup. I didn't, you know, get to do the things that are going to make me feel like the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. That I love because it really sets you up to feel confident. And that's ultimately the goal, right? Like you yeah. want to feel confident that you're throwing a great party, not feel like anxious the whole time. Not like, oh my God, I'm still in my robe and my hair's wet and people are walking in the door. 
Unless it's like a spa wellness party and ropes yeah. are part of the attire. <laughs> Teach their own, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to ask you about what the best, maybe your most favorite party that you've ever thrown. And I know this is going to be a hard question because I'm talking under everything. You have done big events. You've done personal, professional. You worked at an amazing hotel in Aspen. Do you have a party that sticks out in your mind as like the best you've ever done and you're really proud of it? Oh, my gosh. I'd say there are so many. Give me a couple then. Okay, I'll give you a few because it's so hard to narrow to one. Mm -hmm. I had this one wedding that was one of my all-time favorites, and it was summer of 2018. And again, I love, you know, throwing too much at my plate sometimes and seeing how much I can push myself, right? So this is the summer I'm getting divorced. It's a not very easy divorce for that matter. Little babies. And we decided to throw this wedding. It was a multi-million dollar wedding in the middle of the field in Crested Butte. And there's like no resources in Crested Butte when it comes to large, ultra luxury kind of scale events. And the clients were phenomenal. Their guests were amazing. The venue was like out of this world. I basically have this thing where, again, I like to make the impossible happen. So I spent two days knocking on doors at ranches and just <laughs> asking people, hey, by the way, if I pay you X amount, will you let me use your field for a week? <laughs> and I finally found someone who would let us use this field. It was absolutely epic. And the wedding was just out of this world. Like, it, we had this, like, crazy thunderstorm right when people came. It opened up. The light was magnificent. The decor was, I mean, it was probably aesthetically my favorite event ever. Most lovely clients, most lovely guests. And then it started pouring once people were in the tent, and it became the most raging party. Oh, and fun. Right? And I think there's something, like, brides always get nervous if it's going to rain on their event. And sometimes it's that much more memorable, mm. right? Because people call that out, and that, and it... it changes the atmosphere people are mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like putting on a mask or a costume it's weird to think about that how a rainstorm can do that but it really truly can that was one of my favorites um i'd say another i threw a phenomenal party in an, an abandoned mine and it was super gritty we had a tattoo artist we had a ton of different like food and beverage brands it was during food and wine in aspen and it was such an amazing because it was cool like the first one that i just mentioned was super polished and very like it ended up it was in martha Stewart. it was a beautiful wedding but then you go and everything's gritty and like it's dirty and delicious, like fire baked pizza out of the back of like trailer and the tattoo to artist and again in another trailer. Like the memories that happen there, it's just taking you out of your normal. Like, again, you want to kind of be transported and have this experience. Um, so that'd be another favorite professional. And I guess the last one is honestly this party I threw for my daughter this past year, which mm. we actually based our unicorns, our real party on party trick after it and it was to see the magic and the excitement in these little girls eyes so she just turned she turned six and we threw this like unicorn slash spa themed worsted party because the girls wanted little robes i mean that was like the extent and i did little sheet masks for them but to see the sheer joy and the memories that were being made i mean it doesn't matter what the balloons or the cake ultimately tastes like what matters is just again crafting that whole experience for them and the joy I felt like that was way better than probably any of the experiences I created for my clients mm -hmm. because you know it gives back to those I love most about yeah, yeah yeah no I love that also wondering what tattoo you got in the mine oh I totally didn't get one that <laughs> I would I totally would Oh, Sign no, me up I, for the next one. <laughs> oh, I know. No, I have one, but it was not at that. I was like, I don't know this one. This is, I mean, I can't believe people actually did it, but they did. I mean, there was a line all night long. Oh, so. I would. I totally would. I'm sure I you totally would. would. <laughs> so I'm not edgy enough. Yeah. 
Before we get into our favorite hosting hacks and pulling a little bit more knowledge from that brain of yours, I want to talk about what it's been like to build a startup because we're about to go for fundraising and we have our gorgeous deck. Most people don't know that less than 2% of women get VC capital for their startups. And we've been building our product and growing right around six months. I just mm -hmm. joined the team around six weeks ago. This company as a whole, like I said, is just getting off the ground. But I want to ask you this, because being in the event production space is knowing that things are going to go wrong. Like that's half of the job, I feel like, in terms of executing and really playing out these beautiful, big, massive events is knowing things are going to go wrong. It's kind of about having this anticipation so that as little as possible doesn't go wrong. It's like thinking of what could go wrong and then eliminating that risk. But when it does, it's about never letting the guests see you sweat. It's about totally. not sharing, you know, what's going on, the chaos behind the curtain. So I know that you have this vision and you know what you want to build, but I'm really curious about how you've had to adjust your expectations in the last six months building this thing. Wow. Well, I mean... As you said, we launched basically about six months ago in, in October, built the beta of this in 2020, started really rebuilding it all of 2022 prior to our October launch. And I think the number one thing that has changed so much is I've had to be so patient, mm. so, so patient. There's so much I want to do. And there's so many opportunities that we have to impact so many people with various different levels of service and customize this and build a bear that and AI this. And it's tempering and slowing down get one thing, nail it, move on. And kind of going back to this, like as a nature being a planner, our job as a planner, whether it's planning a large, large scale event or planning to build a company, it's your plans A through Z. So that way, when, you know, this doesn't work, you already, you're not scrambling. Like that was one of my biggest things um, when I was planning professionally. We planned so many contingency scenarios. So I do the same thing here. So A, I have to be more patient. But the nice thing is I naturally come up with my my contingencies. If something doesn't get delivered on time, if we can't find a hire that we need, it's having all those plans. And then I'd say the last thing that's been really interesting and notable as we've been building this, it's it's learning something new. And I think about building this in a technical space where I'm a non-technical founder, that's really similar in a way mm -hmm. to building a multi-million dollar event in the middle of a field, right? It's about finding what you don't know and finding people to fill those holes. And there's so much in this space that I don't know. So it's about finding those experts. Then I go back to like early in my career, I didn't know much about lighting or audiovisual or how to pull the right electrical permits. Well, of course, like you don't need to know those things, but you find the people who do. Mm -hmm. You learn how to speak the language enough, not that you're dangerous with it, but that you can go and actually pull in the right people and surround yourself with the right people. It takes a village, right? To make yeah. something magic happen. And I think so many times it also that provides for the external accountability to keep the momentum going. I think a lot of times people have these ideas and they can't get them off the ground because there's not enough external accountability. They don't bring in people. So you can't get the wheels going mm -hmm. or they think that they can do everything themselves. And it's really hard. You can't do everything yourself. Like it's yeah. just not possible. So as I build something that I don't know as much about, it's so humbling because you're like, oh, now I'm going to learn. And I love that. Like I love finding new things to learn about. And learning from others and then letting others learn from me and vice versa and kind of this beautiful pattern that we're able to weave from it. So slower than I want sometimes, <laughs> a whole different type of people. 
And it pushes communication. Talking yeah. to an engineer to try to get them to understand events is really different because that's mm. not the way that they would normally speak. Like you and I speak event language, but like our developers don't. And so right. now we have the opportunity to educate them and they can educate us. And I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. And this new way you're knocking on doors like you were up in the fields of Crested Butte of just like, hey, let me see what's possible. I will knock on every single door that I can find because I'm willing to put myself out there. You never know who can help, but also finding people who are is equally excited about what you're doing who want to knock on doors too and help you figure it out. Totally. And I'll say something kind of like, or I'll add something rather funny about this. So I had a gentleman approach me and he was like, I think I should bring you onto my team who works in finance. He's like, to help me fundraise. Mm. I was like, really? I'm like, that's not really my area. He's like, you can get people to give you three to five million dollars to throw away on an eight hour experience. <laughs> I can give them like massive returns. And it was really, it was an interesting thing for me to, to contemplate. Obviously, I didn't do that. I'd rather build something where I can have a massive impact on others. But it's something where you think about this, like the level of trust that someone places in you when they give you that amount of money to basically throw it away on an experience um, really makes me believe we have the ability to build something amazing that can impact as many. And when we go out to raise, now we are giving people an experience and we're giving people an amazing return on their investment as well, which I love. And it's like very exciting to me because for me, that's so much of this is about giving back more than it is like, let's create something that's widely scalable. Yes, 100%. But I only want that. So as a general, like the other major of mine was psychology. Like we need connection. We need to feel that sense of belonging. We just do. People are so lonely right now. And so if we can make the impact and get them to gather like in the most old fashioned way, like around a meal, that may be my ability to like leave the world a slightly better place at the end of the day. I like picturing the, or I, one of my favorite shows is Mad Men. Oh, I love <laughs> Yes. But like, the the 1960s dinner party is such a lost art and it's of oh, course really? because of the way the world has evolved and changed and the internet and and of course the pandemic we're at home scrolling alone on our phones but whatever we can do to empower people to use our tool that we're building to get back in connection with people it's a major pillar of well-being and feeling good and being in good health Oh, completely. I mean, there was that Harvard study what, is a year ago, two years ago, that like 60% of people feel disconnected and lonely. And that, mm -hmm. that takes a huge toll on people's physical health. Like, and again, I know people have anxiety about gathering, but start simple. Start just with your family. Mm -hmm. Start with your, if you have a relationship or a good relationship with your like sister, brother, aunt, uncle, cousin, it doesn't need to be, let me invite 80 people who I'm not, who feel socially awkward around. It's the small, it's the everyday. Elevate that date night. Elevate the movie night with the kids. You know, have two girlfriends that you trust come over. It's not about these massive affairs. Start small and that gets the momentum going. And inevitably it pays off in so many ways. I totally agree. I'm curious on this whole startup founder note. It's been crazy. It's been pivoting. It's been knocking on doors. It's been asking lots of questions. It's been learning a lot about yourself. What have you learned about yourself in the last six months? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I got you with this one. <laughs> oh, so many things. I think, I, again, I have learned so much about my, my patience levels. I've learned really how I work well when I work well. Mm -hmm. I'm a morning person. And a lot of some people on our team are not morning people. And I'm never going to say the tool of success is waking up at 4 a.m. Well, it is for me. Like, that's mm -hmm. my quiet time. That's when my body works well. Don't ask me a question after 5 p.m. unless you want, like, gibberish, basically. Right. So what I've learned is really to lean into what works well for me because there's so much to do. 
and then use those other times to stretch and expand the mind. Also, I'm not very good, as you know, about some of the self-care components. And I've learned through this that if I don't listen to my body, my body is going to make me listen to it. So mm -hmm. whether that's a migraine, whether that's, you know, an accident like the accident I had last week, which sometimes you have these four slowdown. If you don't do it yourself, I think building this has reminded me the importance of taking that breath and taking care of yourself. You can only take care of put your oxygen mask on first, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Easy to say it hard to do it. And I think in like Founderland, that's really hard for me to do. But again, and we're to everyone, I think you've experienced this yourself with this. Like if you don't listen, your body's going to make you listen. Yeah. So well, that's been a big. We're lucky enough to be building something that we're so excited about. And the work oh, that totally. we do is just like passion pouring out of our souls. And we could work 24 seven. We could Oh, because it doesn't anytime. feel like work. Right. I love exactly. It. Literally, it, I would rather do this every Friday night than go out, which is funny because like <laughs> my whole thing's about going out. But I'm like, I just want to work in my bathtub and like work on this because I love it so much. But no, <laughs> we're both in our sauna blankets. We're yeah, emailing <laughs> back and forth. But I, I too, and I think a lot of women can relate to this of feeling like you need to be everywhere and be everything to everyone and learning the lesson the hard way. I have, like you said, you have as well, that the stronger the boundaries you have around the work that you love, but also around the rest and self-care components of your life, you can show up at work that much stronger and that much more impactful. Totally. And I think also some of the stopping and pausing allows you to have these unexpected moments that you might not otherwise. I had a, a group of friends come out to Colorado, what, it was probably two, three weeks ago now, for a multi-day birthday party for a friend of mine who I actually went to high school um, with this girl, went to college with her. And it was a group of people who were in her life from high school, from college, from various points of her career. Again, we're, whatever, 15, 17 years post-college at this point. And it was amazing because I only knew a few of them peripherally. Like, I've stayed in touch with her, but I, I'm not friends with, like, that whole friend group. And it was this multi-day experience. And I popped in and out because, you know, I was working. I was at home. My kids were around some. But every time I did, I walked away with this feeling of, oh, my goodness, this is what connection's about. Or mm. I made a connection that is going to be a very helpful part for Party Trick. Or we had some great insight, like, of new product features we want to add based on <laughs> some of the experiences we had during that moment of celebration. And, like, I obviously didn't stop work to go to the party to get a benefit for work, but I did. Yeah. And I had and it fueled my soul and it fueled me in a way that like made me even more passionate about what we were doing. So it's like the importance of stopping. If you stop, if you slow, you can go faster at the yeah. end. So it's kind I get of, that. yeah, totally. But it's also like you can digest and get clarity. It's, you know, I think it's clear that maybe we need to do an episode on like recovering high achievers who are learning to set boundaries in their life oh my because God. we are so excited to build this. We're learning it's a marathon, not a sprint. But oh, also, it's not even a marathon. It's an ultra. Ultra. It's, not, it's, it's totally. an Ironman. <laughs> but also, how do we want the experience of every day to feel? Because I don't think that either one of us would want to build this if we were miserable. And if we were, like, everything was stressful. It's fun. Totally. We want and it I mean, to be fun. You want the energy. Like, if, if I'm in a horrible mood, the last thing I want to do is bring that bad mood into my work. Because mm. the work product that I'm going to put out is not... I want to bring goodness. I want to bring the beauty. I want to bring the happiness. I want to bring like the joy and passion into it versus the like, I'm so stressed out because when you like, it just, it doesn't work. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that probably my 22 year old self would have done. I would have brought that whole stress ball case. Now it's like, okay, go for a run, go take a shower, go do something to offload. 
um, like start the day with a dance party, whatever it might be that felt stupid when you were a lot younger. Now it's like, oh, this actually works. There's a reason behind this. You want to bring that good energy into something, especially when the product you're creating is about joy, happiness, connection, sparking delight, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. And on that note, I want to share some favorite hosting hacks and party tricks because a lot of people, when they think about parties or hosting, it's through this lens of bigger social events, birthday parties, showers, weddings. But when you're hosting at your house, at Virginia's house, whether <laughs> it's just for you and a few girlfriends or you're having a date night or it's just dinner with your kids, can you share three of your best hacks? I want three to elevate those moments, those everyday moments. Totally. So I would say three things to elevate those everyday moments. One, set up early. Mm. Earlier than you think. Like set the table the night before and add a little flourish of something that you wouldn't do on an everyday. So whether it's a cute napkin ring or a little drink garnish, you know, putting the fruit on shish kebab sticks, what have you, on skewers, those things elevate. Like I do that for my kids all the time. And whatever you see visually, it's going to spark and delight a little bit more. Like it's it's going to be a more aesthetically appealing experience which leads to like warmer fuzzier feelings mm -hmm. so i say one if you prep ahead you have time to do those things and you can make it more impactful i would say another favorite party trick with that would be set something aside get people's buy-in so i always set one or two things aside like hey would you mind going and putting the water glasses or filling it up and give them a picture because it automatically builds community and connection it breaks that like you don't have to start out with some weird conversation starter or like you can't get into that negative conversation because you're immediately building that community of mm -hmm. we're doing this and we're in this together and it's a shared experience. So it's also really great. Like I'm recovering perfectionist. And so if we go into these and we're like, oh, I can do everything myself and I have to make this absolutely perfect. It's not perfect if the water's not poured and the wine's not ready and blah, blah, blah before everyone comes. No. You actually like set people up for success, yourself and others, when there's that level of imperfection because it's more relatable. Mm -hmm. So parties should make it a little bit imperfect. Find that thing where you can get their buy-in because it immediately breaks the ice and starts things off on a right tone. Yeah. And then the third thing, use our timelines or use an alarm <laughs> on your phone. I mean, seriously, 100%. that's my, my favorite freaking party trick ever. Remind yourself, give yourself that countdown. We juggle so many things and that like keeps me on track more than anything else. What yeah. about you? Do you have well, yeah. I mean, I think the thing that I thought of when you were talking about the the notifications and the timelines is how many times we've put a bottle of champagne in the freezer and forgotten oh about it because you're trying to remember how to do all these things. But I would say for me, I like to have things on the ready because if I have something on the ready, then I'm more likely to grab it and do it. So one thing is cookie dough. I am known for making cookies. Everybody loves to come over to my house and have cookies. I'm usually sending people home with cookies, but there have been many times where my husband is like, hey, you know, so-and-so is coming over after work. We're like, it's fine. You don't have to do anything, but like I have to because I want to give them cookies. So I always have uh, cookie dough, like pre-rolled balls in my freezer, pull it out, pop it in the oven. And then when they're walking in the door, I'm like, oh, you're lucky day. I'm just making warm, fresh cookies. <laughs> I heard you tell me that one time, which I love, and I did that this past weekend, and oh my God, what a hit. Like, what a hit. Such, such a good hack. I love it. When in doubt, make cookies. That's my life motto. Totally. But Everyone loves cookies. This whole hosting and gathering identity, maybe, it's it's not really a switch that you turn on and off, right? Like, it's not, 
I'm only doing this on the weekend and during the weekdays I'm miserable. And I know for me and my story and my life and how I've evolved, I, for a really long time, had this mindset of living for the weekend. And that was really connected to how I saw myself, my body. I was eating like dry chicken and broccoli on the weekdays so I could, quote unquote, eat what I wanted on the weekends. And this transcended into my work and how my experience of life was. But I got to this point of realizing that it made no sense that we work and grind and essentially torture ourselves five days out of the week just to have two days that we're excited about and love. That math ain't mathin' for me. So <laughs> it's been a lot of years of unraveling, but ultimately realizing that there's no such thing as special days and non-special days. There's no such thing as only using your fancy glasses or your wine glasses or your flatware when people come over. There's no more living for the weekend. It's living for every day because every day that we get to live is a gift. Totally. I would say I, my kids started doing this last year. I think honestly, having children for me has impacted the shape of my life and celebrating that every day in a way that I think some people can breeze past that and like find it annoying. I find it like there's so much delight in it for me. Um, but we name every day of the week. So it's like taco Tuesday, watermelon Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> it doesn't have one yet. Um, you know, fabulous Friday. And we always come up with something funny there. Sunday, Sundays. And of course, they make me get them ice cream Sundays on Sundays. So every day has a different kind of theme around it, which allows you to have something A, you can anchor on it. And it causes like a little moment of celebration. Mm -hmm. I love Thursdays. I call them baby Fridays. Or I think there's that quote. It was in that funny movie from forever ago. I think it was Failure to Launch about like, it's Thursday. Thursday came twice this week. And it was like, some random reason that she just pulled out a bottle of champagne because it was Thursday. Mm -hmm. And it, again, it's those little moments. So whether you've got those kids and you want to throw in your Taco Tuesday, your Watermelon Wednesday, whatever, but celebrate. You made it through Monday. Celebrate <laughs> any little thing. Like put pour your LaCroix into a nice glass mm -hmm. with cute ice cubes and your day is going to automatically get elevated a little bit. Yeah. It's like every day, not just that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. And it's it's not reserving that special feeling for any time other than right now. Totally. Totally. I just thought of another little hack because I know that so many people can relate to people are coming over, shit, I didn't buy anything, and, and breaking free from this expectation that you have to prepare and be perfect and do everything yourself. Like you were saying earlier with the whole water pitcher, like include your guests. There's no rule that says to be the hostess with the mostest that you have to be the one who does everything and that it has to be perfect like you're putting on a show for people who come over. It's genuinely like creating a space. And... I'm known, so beyond my cookies, I'm also known for my snack cooteries. I like to call it a snack cooterie because someone's coming over. I'm like, shoot, let me throw it, you know, together a little snacky. Some of my best snack boards have come from pulling the olives, pulling the pickles, like things I already have in my fridge. Here's a few crackers. I've got some grapes, cucumbers, whatever I have, you can dice it up and make it look really beautiful. And it's just from like my condiment drawer. It doesn't have to be this like $50 piece of cheese that you got at Whole Foods. No, it's simple. Oh, totally. I mean, I did when I did Elizabeth's birthday party, I literally bought every single thing and then replated it. I mean, yeah. I took this fruit that was already pre-cut and skewered it. Yeah. So that was the extent. I mean, you are an amazing cook. Uh, that is not my thing at all. I love cleaning. I love organizing. I can <laughs> tell you I'm really good at takeout, but making it look great, right? Exactly. It's not about having to do everything perfectly. Bring in people like if you've got friends bringing stuff over, set a couple platters out and replate it and it just automatically lifts that little thing up like lifts the day it's not about having to cook like this five-star mm -hmm. 
like gourmet meal. Yeah. Well, that's why I I just put out a supper club because I host supper clubs. And one of my favorite ways to host supper club is order the pizza, order pizza, order the main, put it on a nice tray, but do everything else. Make a salad at home. That's so simple. (laughs) And it makes people think that you went above and beyond for them. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that this first episode is clear that we have a lot to share, a lot of stories to recall and share with our audience, but also bring them along the journey of us building this startup. I'm really excited, if you guys can't tell, and I know Virginia (laughs) is as well, but in this post-pandemic world, we need connection more than anything. And we also realize as hosts and event planners that most people need help on the how. That's what we do Mm -hmm. is we help with the how, especially if you don't identify as that person who hosts or cooks or knows how to gather people. This is what Party Trick is for. It is a tool. It is a resource. It's inspiration. It's aspiration. But it's also curated and done for you so you don't even have to think about it. I want to ask you one last question before we go. What are you most excited about as it relates to all of this? Party Trick is clearly such a passion project, but now we get to do this for full time and and build and grow this thing. What brings you the most excitement about all of it? It's the growth and the momentum Mm. and the impact we're able to have. And I tie those things together because when we have this growth and when we're growing our team and when we're putting out, I mean, since Cassidy has started, literally we are cranking like one to one party a day, sometimes two, and the amount of content that we're able to get out there, thank God for you. But like every single time we bring a person onto our team, the more momentum we get going and it goes faster and faster and our team grows and our reach expands and being able to positively impact. Again, this sounds so cliche. My mother used to read this book, um, Miss Rumpheus, to us all the time. And <laughs> do you have you read the book? Yeah. Okay. Well, she would make the world prettier by putting lupin seats all over the place. And for me, that really stood out. And so now it's one of these things like if we can make the world better, one little gathering at a time, the larger our team goes, the more content we have, the larger the reach, the world can be a little bit more of a beautiful place. And again, cliche, what have you, but I love it. And it makes me and that drives me and pushes me like, because it is, it's a little bit scary and dark out there. We want this to be happy and shiny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Wow, guys. This is only the beginning, so tune in for weekly episodes with some of our brand partners, conversations with Virginia, myself, stories from this journey. It is a wild one, and we are so excited and thankful to be bringing you along through this platform. So don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you in our next episode. Bye!